Talking Toro 53. Rob, you got a big smile on your face. I think it's because today we're going to be talking about your favourite man, Omar El Kadori. Is true? Finally a 3-0 team that he's going to manage to get himself into. Surely he's in yours. I did, well, we'll see. We'll explain a bit. This is, as everyone knows, this is the most tenuous, uh, this pod tries to find the most tenuous links possible. So uh, we decided we need a bit of content again. We, need, we, we needed to, 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 to move away from, from talking about the current Toro. So this week we're doing the African eleven. Uh, and a very tenuous link is Torino did sign a African player this summer, Tameza. I'm not sure he's ever played for Cameroon though. Um, which is one of those yeah, there's a whole the whole history of Torino and African players is very is very interesting as we'll get into. But that that is our tenuous link. We'll uh, we're gonna do our African eleven and then we'll talk a little bit about Salernitana this weekend or well, this Monday, because Torino and ever seem to play on Mondays now. Um Rob, you t- are you ready for a bit of waka waka? Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. This this one literally is for Africa. This one it literally is for Africa. Okay, so in the past, the elevens we've tried. To, generally speaking, we tried to go for the best eleven based on the performance of given player in a Torino shirt. I think with Africa, we've got to go. I've allowed myself personally to go a bit more freestyle. Look, mine is a bit more representative of the African experience that. Um, Torino players have had so it's, mine's not the best 11 um but there's yeah mine kind of is a collection of players who really yeah uh, kind of symbolize uh the various storylines African players have brought to Torino and actually there's, there's there's a lot to choose from isn't there Rob there's a fair fair list of African players yeah I think there was uh I was probably surprised even when I was sort of compiling my 11 actually there were a couple of options that you could have had especially Maybe defensive areas, not as many, but yeah, I think maybe in, attack, in the attacking areas. Might actually get an actual, like, oh, so we've done a 4 4 2 formation, but I'd say maybe with the exception of one or two players, every player actually fits, is playing in that position that he would have played for, for Torino as well. So have, have you gone, uh, have you gone for the best 11? I, I've done, uh, so I've been a little bit strict in terms of, I, there's obviously a lot of um, French born players who are eligible for, uh, an African side, but haven't actually gone on to play for that team yet. So um, I'm going to call that the Kofi Gigi rule. Um, so Kofi Gigi was born in France. Uh, I believe I uh, was called up to an Ivory Coast squad, but never played. So Gigi doesn't make my team. Um, yeah, I've my, my rule is they have to have even been born in Africa or played for an African nation. Yeah, that's, that's, um, that is my, um, that is my rule as well. Um, there is potentially um, one sort of wild card, um, which I'll okay. explain when we get to that. Uh, and I've got uh, a feeling a... could potentially be in both of our teams, hopefully. Okay. There's a few caveats. One is um, I've actually tried to avoid players. I think there may be one exception that I hadn't realised until late on. That I've actually avoided players who've gone into play for European countries, even if they were born in Africa. Um, but I think I might have failed on one count. But I tried to prioritise players who played um for African countries. And a second one, someone will point out some gaping hole in the research because uh, I think I did this, I put this list together about six months ago when we first discussed it. And yeah, yeah I, I can't, you may have come up with someone who's not on the list, but there may be people not on the list. But, but... The, yeah, the website that we use to think for um, 
to try and identify is is helpful, but yeah, I don't think it's sort of the the most comprehensive list of um, international players who've played so, for Torino. So yeah, there, so, there will likely be somebody a massive gaping player that we've missed. But so yeah, when Abdi Pele is not in it, uh, <laughs> Rob, uh, you can contact Rob. Anyway, let's start with goalkeepers. Who have you gone for? There's choice here. Family there, choice. Yeah, there is a family choice here. I've gone for Alfred Gomis. Um, I think he's the better of the three brothers. Um, this is not the point, Rob. This is I not know, I know, I know. But from a story, from a storyline perspective, also he's also the, the only Gomis brother I've ever seen play. So um, the the story goes how I like to believe it is that Alfred Gomis having a bit of a nightmare in the Eusebio Cup match against Benfica ultimately led to Torino signing Joe Hart. Uh, I think had um, Gomez sort of pre-season that season gone a little bit better, uh, he'd not sort of gifted a goal to. I think it. I think it was an own goal actually. Um, but had that not actually, but it came from an error from Gomez. I think had that sort of gone a little bit better, maybe we wouldn't have been on on the lookout for a goalkeeper, and we would never have got Shrewsbury's own Joe Hart in a Torino shirt. So for that contribution alone, Alfred gets gets the call. I know. I know Liz was uh, maybe more of a. A Torino fan, maybe a little bit more emotionally attached to the to the shirt, and it's a bit of a shame actually because got Alfred um, gone on to have like a relatively good career. Uh, we replaced uh, Edward Mendy at Wren, but I know that didn't go particularly well either, and I sort of fell quite quickly out of favour there. Um, but yeah, Alfred Gomez is my is my choice for our number one. Yeah, I I I I think you've been a bit too rational there. Um, <laughs> Personally, Alfred Gomez, I do have one player in my list who's never played for Torino never, and Alfred Gomez never played for Torino in an official match. Don't give me that kind of Benfica. It's, it's, a, tro- it's a trophy. It's a trophy. It's, he, it's a trophy. He won a trophy with Torino. It's the friendly. Um, Lis Gomez, um, I think, as you said, he was, uh, for anyone that know, he, he came, and this is a strand of the Af- a lot of African players came through the Torino youth system. Um Although Lis, to call Lis Gomez African is slightly different because he's, um, I'm pretty sure, a family are born, um, uh, or the family, the, the 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 three Gomez boys were definitely raised in Cuneo. Um, they may have been born in, um, in Alf- Senegal. Alfred, yeah, Alfred was born in, just looking at now, Alfred was actually born in Senegal, um, but Lisa and Maurice yeah. were both born in Cuneo, uh, obviously just okay. outside Turin. Which is interesting because Lis is the older brother, but yeah. yeah, these are these are essentially Piedmontese boys. Um, Lis played for a long time in the youth team. He was very emotional, madcap character. Uh, a player of the tournament, Via Reggio, two thousand and seven, um, and then had this really weird career. He only ever played one hundred and six games. It seemed to have made like constantly bad loan choices after loan choices. Uh, had one. I think great season in Serie would be at Trapani in like his mid twenties would look like it would be this kind of springboard for his career. And then uh, it wasn't, but he did play twice for Torino once, I think at the end of the season in the promotion season under Ventura against Albino Lefe. And there was quite a, I would call it a famous game, but he came on for Padelli away at Genoa in Serie A. And I've never been kind of more kind of anxious for a Torino substitute coming on. Um, because he, he, been, looked, he yeah. looked quite emotional when he came on as well. He genuinely looked yeah. not many players um and maybe have that emotional look of like how you or I might feel if we just came on to make our Torino debuts, but I got the feeling that's how Liz felt. 
Yeah, no. And, and when I lived in Turin, he must have been in the youth team. Like, um, I I caught him a few times there. But there used to be this um, weekly or, or it might have been a monthly Torino kind of. It was a really good little newspaper put they put together called Granatissimo, and they did a lot of work on the youth team. And there was a lot of interviews of Liz Gomez at the time, and he was just the stuff he would come out with was completely unfiltered. Um, just yeah, I, I I like the guy. He was just a bit more. Alfred always fought a little bit more. Yeah, it's kind of serious. Was going to have a, a an important career. Um, I let's park it. We'll we'll do the eleven at I, the end because there's yeah, a rationale. I think, and, yeah, I think I, I I can I can see both sides. Yeah, for the be- better goalkeeper, no, there's no question. But yeah, to actually have played for Torino, then maybe maybe uh, Liz is is the better option. Okay, back four. How do you want to do it? You want to read your four out, or you want to do them position uh, by position? Seeing as we've done them by position, yeah, we'll get we'll go. I'll I'll read out the back four, and then obviously ones which are the same. We we can obviously go over at the same point. So, uh, right back is Wilfred Sango. Uh, Centre backs: uh, Nicholas Nkulu and Sami Kafour, and left back Alorina. Wow, three out of four. Guess which one I didn't choose. Olorina. I didn't choose Olorina. I didn't choose uh, South London's Olorina, no. Um, not not because he was born in South London, <laughs> but um, I've gone, well, I've gone Sango, Nkulu, Kofor, and I've gone for Luis Cavanda of Angola oh. because I needed a, uh, there's a few of them in this team, but I needed a kind of dodgy January acquisition that no one remembered. Um, unfortunately, so, yeah. unfortunately, I, I got to see one of his uh few appearances in a Torino shirt. Uh, I think it was at home to Regina. We scrambled to a 1-1 draw, came on as a sub, potentially one of the worst cameo appearances. And I know this podcast talks about poor cameo appearances quite a lot. Cavanda definitely went into that category. Um, yeah, Cavanda well, K- also fits Bill. Yeah, we I mean, had I almost picked Mohamed Farias, but he didn't play. Sammy Kafour didn't play, and you had Alfred Gomez who didn't play. So we could have had three at the back five. We never made an appearance. Might have been too much. We'll yeah, we'll go we'll go on to Kafour separately because obviously I think but, a lot of people listening to this podcast might not realise that he obviously um, began his youth career at yeah. Torino. But uh, yeah, just going on, just going on to Cavanda. I think he actually went on to play for Belgium. So he's my one player went ah, on to play so for I- Europe. You're so I think that I think that shows. I mean, I have no idea how Kavanda went on to come and play for Belgium. That is um, uh, very, very interesting. And, um, and if you if you Google him as well, he seems to have changed his appearance about fifty. Like he's almost, I don't like, Interpol agent or something. And so he's, he's dreadlocks. He's bald. He's like played in Turkey. He's now playing for Nushatel Zamax in Switzerland, which is a complete fruitcake of a club. But I I lived in the Chatel for a while, so yeah, I've kind of feel a bit of a a bit of a bond with him there. Um, but yeah, he's my kind of bidon. It's probably well, there's two bidonies in this team, um, and he is one of them. But I've just got if, 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 if the other one was Omar Akaduri, I'm walking out the door, Peter. Well, we'll prepare to walk, but uh, but I think uh, Cavanda. I think to have Ino and Singo as fullbacks feels a, a little, little bit, bit too uh, recent, a little bit of recency yeah. bias there potentially. Okay. Um, so why have you gone well I'll tell you why I've gone Sango and you can tell me why you've gone Sango right back uh, so just genuinely I know things maybe petered out a little bit at the end and he didn't sort of show the promise that he initially uh, sort of came came when he burst onto the scene but 
that I can still remember his debut. I'd seen him play for the Primavera beforehand. Um, just a little bit of a strange transfer that he, he signed, sort of. I think it was um, a link from Nkulu's agent said that they had this player. He came and was originally sent to back. Primavera coach moved him out to right back and he just sort of just physically dominated from there as, as a young man who's sort of well over six foot. Um, even, I mean, it, it was ridiculous how he was sort of getting up and down the pitch in, at a Primavera level. And then we see him go to, um, sort of makes his debut in Serie A, Burst, literally burst onto the scene. I know quite a well-known uh, choke in, in English football with Michael Richards, but I think that's a, a fair point to say how how Sango sort of during during COVID gave us a little bit of a, a boost, a little bit of a lift. And um, yeah, there were unfortunately just a few and far between the moments that he sort of managed to capitalise on that, but it definitely deserves to be in this team and um, sort of came out of nowhere and then we sold, we sold him for a decent fee and then, then to, yeah, gone to Monaco and gone to to live um, live a nice life. For me, Sango, yeah, kind of represents that. As there's quite a few of them who've come through the youth team or or been purchased for the youth team. Um, and yeah, I think you need someone who's... There's very few African players who played over 100 appearances, and he's one of them. Uh, you had people like uh, Giassi, uh, Simo, who was a Cameroon fullback in the early 90s and then Omalade which is a very tragic story of a young forward uh, who went on to have a bit of a career down the lower leagues Italy and was I think found dead in the street in Palermo last year but, but these are all all African players who've come for the youth team so it's, yeah I've, Sango was probably one of the better players on the pitch in this list as well and as you said uh, probably also one of the few players who we've gone on to make a profit with. So he's a bit of a shoe in. Uh, Nkulu, um, I believe, is the African player who's played most for Torino. And if he'd actually turned up for, for other games, it, he'd be well clear. Um, I think probably, uh, could argue, mate, apart from maybe Abede Pele, the best African player to play for Torino, most consistent, 122 appearances. On his day, yeah, kind of Rolls-Royce uh, of a centre-half. Played in a few very successful seasons. It was a shame that I think his behaviour around the Wolverhampton game cost us a better shot at that match. Maybe it didn't cost us that match, but he was he was pretty abysmal in that first leg. Um, and then he's also had a very strange relationship with the Cameroon team uh, in and out, um, which a little bit like his time with Torino. Um and so, yeah, Nkulu, for me, uh, I agree with. And then, yeah, uh, for me, Sami Kafour is a completely different story. So I'm trying to work out, and we'll come on to it a bit later, who the first African player was to, to play for Torino. It might even have been Abede Pele. Um, but Kafour was a, I think, was a, a rival to other young Ghanaian players at the age of 15. Mohamed Gargo went into play for Udinese in Serie A. And Emmanuel Dua, who I'm not sure really what happened to. Um, Kofor arrived at 15, played in the Primavera. I think may have been a possibly a Modji pickup, but uh, that may have come a bit may have come a bit later. Um, but this was Christian Vieriitis, and that we let go someone who went on to play a like a major player in the 90s with with Bayern Munich. Uh, we let go without ever playing for Torino. But this kind of it's always become a bit of a kind of yeah underground story this Sammy Kafour at the Torino youth team and Torino were a mess at the time uh, we had quite a good youth team and then we just 
we just let bits go because we needed the money. And I think you could also put someone else in this category, which is Kwadi Asamoa, who was uh, picked up by Torino and then went on to, like Gago, went on to Udinese and then went on to uh, Juventus and Inter. So Torino actually have had some quite good scouting in Africa and then, for whatever reason, not been able to hang on to the player. So... I, I always yeah, had fe- back- I always yeah. had a feeling that the Asamoa one was almost like it, we were doing a favour for Udinese. Udinese had picked up, had found this player, but had used their non-EU quota of players, so it's just parked him at Torino, and we just never really thought, oh wait a second, there might be a reason for this, and maybe we want to get in on this on this action rather than actually just saying no and then just going buying the player for ourselves. Um, because yeah, it was so strange, and yeah, he went on to have a really really good career. I think very underrated player in in the sort of last sort of ten fifteen years in in Syria. So yeah, is there anything you wanted to say on on uh, Nkulu or Kofor? I will go. I'll go to Nkulu and just maybe stick up for him a little bit. I do. I I do agree that yeah, the the way that he sort of effectively went on strike was a little bit shameful. But I do think the the story maybe did redeem himself a little bit in the fact that I thought his performance in the Torino Lazio game at the end of the season, which effectively kept Torino up. Um, was was very good. I know he gave away a penalty, but I think it was a little bit of a a bit of a joke um, decision. Thankfully, that Mobile missed it. Um, but I think he he actually did show a little bit of sort of towards the end of that season. Scored in a scored in a derby in that season. Sort of showed a little bit of um, maybe he was trying to apologise. Maybe sort of felt that maybe he um, had done something wrong, wanted to make up for it, and. I, a little bit of a shame that his career. I I, I, I say at the time I, I, on, on his day, I don't think there's too many better defenders who played for Torino. Um, but yeah, if you look at obviously the way that after he left Torino, he made three appearances at Watford, a short spell in in Greece, and now he's he's playing in Turkey. So, um, yeah, his career didn't really reach the the heights after after leaving Torino, and yeah, maybe maybe regrets the way it ended as well. And uh, yeah, I should I should let you? I'm giving you 30 seconds on Olorida because we've talked a lot about Olorida. But I do th- again. I think recency bias. I do probably understand the, why you can't have both our sort of fullbacks as being players who played for the team last season. So if you're going to pick one of them, yeah, you got to you got to pick Sango. I think Ina. It, again, it's a short story. He stole my football stickers. Never got them signed. So maybe that's why he doesn't get in the team. But. Uh, and that podcast though is supposed to be um, never seems to have been revealed. So I would like to hear a little bit more about his his time at Torino. But uh, the first season, Olorino, I think, did burst onto the scene and well, I've used that expression before. But yeah, had a very good had a very good season. But yeah, never really replicated that. Um, and yeah, was born in, was born in London, but but does play internationally for Nigeria. All right. Okay. So I was stunned we got three out of four defenders. So we'll come back to the Cavando or Aina at, at the left-back position. I'd be stunned if we've got many of the, mid, the four midfielders the same, but okay, um, you go first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Namdi Aduamadi, Omar Okaduri, Afrayi Akwa, and Joel Obi. Oh, we've got two the same. So, uh, all right, mine. I, I like the Omaladi one. Uh, Omaladi, what's he called? Aduamadi. Um, Odo Madi, um, yeah, uh, I could see that one. Right, I've gone, I've gone Dolly Menga on the wing. Uh, I've got Joel Obi as well, Christian Abodo, and uh, Omar Al Kadori. But there's, there's definitely some room for some debate there. Um, all right, quickly on the two 
we agree on. So, yeah, take it. Have your minute on Omar Al-Qadouri. Again, the the founding member of the Omar Al-Qadouri fan club, no way that he couldn't be in this team. Um, I think he just offered in a very... um, The Ventura period was obviously very successful until maybe the last season, but it wasn't football for um, the purists. It wasn't the most sort of entertaining watch. And Omar Al-Qadouri added a little bit of creativity, a little bit of something different. Excellent dribbler, um, good in possession, technically very good. Um, and yeah, the, that wasn't something that you you got from a lot of the other centre midfielders in that in that Ventura era. Um, I probably overrate him um, to compared to the majority of Torino fans, but I think he 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 did a very good job uh, for that period of time. Scored some very good goals, very good individual goals, um, a good penalty taker. So I think he got us got us to the uh, Europa League group stages. His penalty against RNK split. So yeah, no, but no question that he deserves to be in this team. No, I agree. And there's also there's not many North African players who've played no. for Torino. There's, there's fewer than five, which is a little strange because there's a big North African community in Turin. So it seems yeah, and, it seems and slight. Okadori was born in Belgium, I believe, and then um yeah, represented uh, Morocco at, at international level. But yeah, that's um I, I believe he is a free agent, so um Torino do he needs a little bit of creativity. He's 33. Um, yeah. In- interesting. They played for different clubs, but last season now Kadori and uh Enkudu played in the same city. Um they both played in Thessalonica. Yeah, no, I agree on El Kadori. He was uh he was a decent player at uh yeah, a quite a good period for club. I think Joel Obi is technically one of the the better players. Uh nice left foot, um, just couldn't stay fit. Bit long enough, and that's a bit the story of of his career. Um, yeah, just it was quite 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 a nice player. He, he was in that kind of kamikaze Mahailovic um, team as well. Um, so we agree on them. I've gone for a Bodo. Akko was on my list, but a Bodo for me represented that kind of. There's a few African players who've come. I've been really excited about. This is relatively speaking, but a Bodo was the kind of flagship signing in a crappy Serie B team he'd done really well Perugia Fiorentina Udinese it really feel like the guy who's going to take control of our midfield get us back to Serie A he'd, uh, so he'd never played in Serie B either and he was absolutely rubbish and the season after he played for us I think he there was a big abduction story in Nigeria yeah. and yeah I mean it's gonna <laughs> now it's safe to make a joke that he's <laughs> probably probably been abducted during that season but uh, yeah, uh, Axel Conan was another one who came in. He'd done. He'd been pretty decent at Lecce, and then stunk the place out at Torino. So Abodo to have Aqua and Obi in midfield just felt a bit too of a Mihailovic midfield. Aqua. Have you got Okadori El- El- pushed out to the wings? Because I'm playing inside the midfield. Yeah, I've got him. Out, I've got I've got Abodo and and Obi in midfield, which, which yeah. is a Nigerian double act. But um, just quickly on Aqua. Yeah, again, he was also another one who would look really good at Parma, and I'm not sure. I maybe it's just yeah, when I saw him play at Parma, he looked, he, he was always on one of his better days. But Torino, he was, did okay. Uh, he could hit the ball really hard. Uh, he could hit other players really hard sometimes. Um, he'd have games where you'd think, Jesus Christ, this guy's really good, and then other games you'd think, yeah, he couldn't. He, you know, he, he he had that thing where he couldn't trap a ball properly and. I remember a goal he scored against Udinese where I think we it might have been when we won five one. We smacked the ball so hard. Um, it's one of the hardest shots we've ever seen. But 
he's out of it for me because he turned up for one preseason. I don't think this was when he signed either. He should have known better. He turned up to Torino preseason wearing a Gianni Agnelli t-shirt. I mean, I, I'm gonna again. I'm still gonna just have to help sort of stand up for him here. I feel like he had absolutely no idea who that was. Just thought there's an old white guy on this t-shirt. I'm gonna buy it. Um, the, I I would. I mean, weirdly enough, that the shops that sell those t-shirts. Yeah, but I, there's no way he knew who that was. It was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was like a Steve McQueen or yeah, like yeah. A style t-shirt, and it's just like oh. I can remember. I can remember you being annoyed at the time. I, so, to be honest, I, I maybe um. I could be convinced him to be a Bodo because, again, he was very, very similar. I was, he was a player I really, really liked. Uh, it was really excited when he came to Torino. Scored, I think, in the Coppa Italia. And, yeah, no, it was, was absolutely dreadful. And, I mean, maybe a Bodo deserves to be in there for, for the kidnap story alone, which, again, like you say, thankfully it's okay. <laughs> thankfully it had a good yeah. ending because we probably wouldn't be joking about it otherwise. All right. And then on the wing, uh, Aldo Mandi, I like. He was a, might be the only Torino player ever to seek me out on Twitter as well. Um, and there, I went for Mengo because a little bit that vibe January signing from there, very random. Then went on to play for Livingston and Blackpool, and is this kind of yeah, this kind he, of random. He totally, he totally changed. Um, sort of he. So he when he was at Livingston, he was a sort of a, a striker, like a target man. He's um, filled out a lot. Um, very like physically demanding like striker. Even though he's only five foot eleven, uh, pretty sure he scored against Rangers for Livingston as well. So. I uh, had quite a good time there. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the shout about Dolomenga. Although, I mean, talking about playing for Torino, pretty sure he made maybe a 30 seconds appearance off the bench against Cagliari. Against Cagliari, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm gonna give I'm, I'm gonna give you Odomadi because he was a strange one because he was really good in that Ventura season, but he didn't play many games. But he always I can't remember if he was injured for part of it, but it was that season where we played like four two four and we had five thousand yeah. wingers. Um but he may have. Did he score in the promotion game? Or yeah, he, he scored yeah. against Modena. Yeah. Um, so if you give me Obodo for Aqua, I'll give you Odomadi. And then. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the midfield setter. So I'm happy with that. That's the, that's uh, the my favourite fact about Odomadi, again, Torino, obviously the peak of his career. Uh, but he signed for Milan from the Pepsi Football Academy. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so he was also Nigerian, wasn't he? So we had three Nigerians yeah. in midfield, um, which is another reason not to pick Arla Reina now. I think I think too many too many like uh, the Nigeria quota is done. All right, forwards. Um, I would just say I don't think there's been many decent strikers to come from from the African content uh, continent. Rather, we had Malonga, who was another uh, really exciting pickup. Um, as he kind of, yeah, come through French academies, I think. He went on to play quite a few years in Scotland as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but then we've had likes of Abagwa. Ipoa was sort of the worst striker from Cameroon in our first season back in Serie B. And I was absolutely dreadful. Then we had Omar Sadiq, who's at Torino barely played, but has had a few decent seasons in Spain, I think. But He's none a, of them are on my list. So, Well, he well, Sadiq has gone on to sort of be a £25 million player. Um, you've actually mentioned two of the players who are already on my list, so it'll be interesting to see who your other one is. But yeah, I'm guessing we both got Abdi Pele. Um, Abdi, yeah, Abdi Pele's in three-time African Player of the Year. Joined Torino twelve months after winning the Champions League with Marseille. Was very good for Torino for at least uh, a season. Derby double win over Juventus. We've we've covered him as a 
a Torino hero, I think, anyway. Uh, I've paired him up with uh, with your favourite player, who we've done as a villain, uh, which would be Niang. Um, just because I think he he brings a little bit that kind of, um, yeah, big reputation. We knew it was a waste of money when we came in, indulging Mihailovic, uh, but did score for Torino at a World Cup um, for Senegal. And I don't think there's been a lot of lot of quality as a centre forward. Um, so I think Niang kind of fits the bill there. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, right. But I'm pretty sure nobody scored for, nobody, no Torino players scored in the last World Cup. So I think Niang's still the last player who played for Torino to score in the World Cup. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely sort of not been, um, not ingratiated himself with the Torino fans since leaving. Um, but yeah, I, I had Malonga or Ibagua. Um, I liked Ibagua, I think, was moved to Torino at a very young age and then sort of, uh, came back through the lower leagues and then and signed in Serie B, but yeah, it didn't go particularly well for him. Um, Malonga again, big yeah, re, yeah, big Torino fan of Bagua. Um, so I, I can remember there's still a, a YouTube video compilation uh, that I uh, that I may have made as a as a younger uh, Torino fan uh, as I was so excited about his move. Um, but yeah, I think I think Niang. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out for Bagua. Uh, I, I know Niang's got the World Cup stat. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to sort of. But I suppose Abagwa is another. Um, I think he don't think he played ever played non, um, internationally, but was born in Nigeria. So do we want another Nigerian representative? Maybe it's fair enough to to bring Niang into the team. Yeah, I think we need to. Uh, I think we need to go away, uh, lock horns, and uh, we'll come back and give our eleven. Um, I'll just say the the story of. Yes, on this list, I do think Abdipele was almost the first African player to play for Torino from the list we've seen. But there was the story of uh, Stephen Mokone, who was a South African player. And um, just before we go and argue over our 11 and and, and we'll come back and reveal it, uh, he played, he was at Torino, I think, in the 1960s. Um, He played for Coventry, Barcelona. Torino, Marseille and Barnsley but I don't think he ever actually played for Torino but um, the uh, and I've probably found this on Wikipedia but the very famous Turin La Stampa writer uh, Gianpaolo Ormazzano whose son today writes for La Stampa and, and Gianpaolo was the um, yeah one of the I think few surviving people to have watched Il Grande Torino and um, uh, but he he gave his story that Torino signed Mokone because um, one of the uh, Torino hierarchy liked his wife and he was invited to come for play in Turin, but was never at the uh, required ability to play for Torino. So Mokone, pretty much the first African player contracted to Torino, I think. But no, I thought the Coventry link you would like. Um, I think we need to um, have a bit of debate Um We'll come back. We're going to play a little sting from one of the African players who's definitely made the list. And we'll see you on the other side. See you in a bit. Scaraventi in mezzo, Iori. Pallone che diventa buono per Antenucci in mezzo. Peggiorini, appoggio due mani. Ancora due mani. Ed è il gol che in questo momento porterebbe il toro aritmeticamente in Serie A. Lo firmo due mani. Welcome back to episode, is it 53 of Talking Tower? Rob and I, you won't know this because you just had a beautiful little sting of um, Odu Amadi's goal uh, for Torino against Modern at Seal Promotion. 
uh, back in 2012. Uh, he scored three in 11 that season. Um, he's still playing, Rob. He's playing for Cole Ferro. Um, let me see where they're based very quickly. In uh, I think they're in, in the Lazio region. He's only 33. Um, yeah, he's not played many games in his career. Like the 11 in a season for Torino is pretty standard, but he makes our list. But we've been... Yeah, we've been away uh, dealing with this 11 and whittling it down. Um, before we do it, I think there's a few, I don't know, if, I've got a few honourable mentions from my side, just the players that people will say, oh, why didn't you mention or why didn't you cover? So Jiao Dudu, a very gangly centre-half from the first Cairo season under Debiazi, who actually did very well in that season when he played and and miraculously hung around for a bit of the Serie A season afterwards. Um Gabby Budingai, I think based on talent, should be in the team. And I think he's probably been a bit harshly treated because um, he did play quite a bit for Belgium, um, although I think was born in the Congo. Um, But neither of us had him in our initial selection. So by the wayside, there's a player I really liked, uh, Baruso from Ghana, who was really another player, a bit like Odomadi, barely played in his career, was massive issues of injury. But he, I think he might have been on Roma's books. He had the biggest thighs I've ever seen on a Torino player. Not only, but anything bigger than his thighs, thighs were his calf muscles. Um, he was, he had this season on loan at Rimini in Serie B, I think, where they were like talking about him going straight up to play for a top four team in Serie A. He had everything. And for a couple of games at Torino in Serie B was brilliant, but his body just didn't um, didn't allow him really to sustain a, a career as professional as a as a kind of professional athlete. But I really like Baruso, and Eff- I think effect- effectively, like he, he he ended up coming back to Torino in 2014. Oh, you're not playing? Like, did he ever play? Yeah, but this oh. is a theme. This is a theme of. Am I? We've just signed off on the team, but the fact yeah. that Baruso came back. Uh, I think I'm maybe, wondering... yeah, maybe we 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 did make a late formation change. I think maybe the player that we uh, bought back in gets replaced by Ahmed Baruso and his massive thighs. I think Baruso may have made way reading this uh, to make way for Joseph Martinez as a non-EU player, and then went we farmed him out to a red. I don't, I don't know a, why. It was a it was a really weird thing because he was he came back to Torino at the age of thirty. I think, and had, had been on Navarra at loan from Genoa, had been knocking, like his career. So so, so he's had a loan, and maybe Navarra would have been in Serie A at that point. But but to it, when come, it, <laughs> come back to Torino, just because we lost my mate Joseph Martinez. I think, no, but I think there was a murky kind of like paperwork thing for him coming back. Yeah. Which kind of maybe maybe kind of fits in with team. So I, I think we both know the player he's going to replace in our eleven, so I won't ruin it. Yeah. But I think but I think Baruso gets in um through the honourable mention. Um and everyone else gonna mention is Coffee Gigi, who I think probably based on talent could make the list. But a bit like Tameze, um for some reason just has very few caps for Ivory Coast. I don't know because Gigi is very um I think it's, I'm not sure if his family, he's obviously spends a lot of time going back to France, played all all of his career pre-Torino in Ligue 1. I'm not sure whether it's one of those where he was late to commit to Ivory Coast and 
and uh, hasn't played much because of that. But... Just um, just research, just research, and um, our, our mate Baruso and why he may have came back in two thousand and fourteen. I seem to remember we also bought another player back, or we signed another player for the same purpose. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce it. Uh, isn't going to fit into the African team, but Ilyas Zayutalaev from Uzbekistan. And that does mention on his Wikipedia page that it was uh, the signing was aimed solely to exploit the mechanism of the non-EU signing uh, of the league. So I seem to remember that if you maybe potentially bought a player from um, who was already playing in Italy but was non-EU, you potentially maybe got another slot for the next season or something. And that would maybe make sense as to why they bought Baruso and this player from Uzbekistan to maybe uh, increase the numbers of non-EU players that they could have for the uh, the next season. So, yeah, maybe that's sort of shed a little bit more light onto it. All right. Well, I am, I'm going to try. It's just not an easy task to give everyone the 11 and the countries they played for. And you shout at me because I'm going to get some of these wrong. But, uh, the countries for sure. All right. So, Rob, you were very graceful and you allowed me Lis Gomez, uh, who actually played for Torino, unlike his brother, um, Liz Gomez of Senegal. I'm going to call it Liz Gomez of Cuneo and Senegal because uh, I think he's a bit of a legend in Cuneo. Um, and then we've weighed a late switch to a back three. Um, so Wilfred Sango, who could play in a back three of... I believe, that's, I believe that's where he's playing for Monaco as well at the moment. Oh, interesting. And then Nicolas Enkulu of Cameroon. Sammy, no four, cool four, <laughs> never played for Torino, but cried on the pitch in 1999 um, of Ghana. Uh, Odumadi, what's his first name again? Namdi. Um, Namdi Odumadi of Nigeria. Uh, Ahmed Baruso of Ghana replaces Afrai Aqua of Ghana. Um, Christian Abodo of Nigeria and Joel Obi of Nigeria uh, become a four across. Uh, so Odomadi and Obi would be wing backs. Omar El Kadori of Morocco, so the only North African player in this list, and Abdi Pele of Ghana, behind uh, M. Bai Niang of Senegal, the Torino legend, the uh, yeah real heart in his sleeve player. Um, so we've got two players who've been in our cult heroes and one who's been a villain. Uh, what a bunch. I think this is definitely the most fun 11 we've done and um yeah we there's several ways we could have done this but i'm really happy of the kind of balance of characters and stories yeah we've got we've got a mixture of stories a mixture of really uh, i'm glad that somebody like uh, other amadi potentially would never have got a mention uh, on this podcast if it wasn't for this 11 and yeah actually um sort of i'm sure when he looks back on his career probably sees torino as the highlight getting promoted and you can see even just uh, on the, the footage of the goal that he scores against Modern, they're just absolutely overjoyed and sort of run straight into the crowd after scoring. So, yeah, nice that some of these sort of characters who've who played, played a really small part in Torino's history sort of get a, get a mention on the pod. Yeah, I mean, it's at least five of those players probably played fewer than 20 games for Torino, and I think only four of them, Nkulu, Sango, Pele and El Cadori, would call qualified successes. I mean, Joel Obi perhaps as well, but um, it's a his Torino career is always, always in fits and starts. Any but, any pick, any choice of a captain? Um, I think I wouldn't mess with Baruso, but I think Nkulu probably. If Nkulu turns up, he can be captain. But uh, yeah, Baruso's my um, 
captain of my heart. I don't think, yeah, I don't think Amy's going to argue with him. Um, yeah, good team. Do the graphic. You'll, yeah. have a, you'll, you'll have a terrible job on Twitter's 140 characters explaining why, what, how. And as I said, we've probably missed some kind of legend. Um, and we apologise and we'll redo it all next week. So, and no, um, no, no African manager. I'm, I'm saying that quite confidently and then just thinking <laughs> desperately. Um, but yeah, no, surely, surely no African manager. So yeah, maybe that's a, an area for the future. Okay. All right. Um, I think we've, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, we'll do Toropedia now. Then we'll talk a bit about Salernitana on Monday and then I will give the, we'll close the Robin tears because he's either got his first Toropedia correct in many a month or, um, yeah. He's not got it again. If you want to to play at home, here we go. Okay. You ready, Rob? I'm ready. You're getting getting a full set of data. So don't get this this right. Have a word of yourself. (laughs) But 04 to 06, uh, effectively Torino Primavera. 06 to 07, a loan at Bielese. 19 appearances, no goals. Back to Torino. so 07 to 08 made nine appearances with a goal went on loan to Vicenza 08 to 09 Vicenza seemed to come up a lot in this I've got to say uh, 36 appearances no goals back to Torino 09 to 10 10 appearances no goals then a loan in 2010 to CFR Cluj uh, I won't be spoiling it by saying that's in Romania seven appearances no goals then left Torino permanently 10 to 13 for Frosinone, 61 appearances, one goal. Went on to play for Torres, uh, which I believe is in Sardinia, 13 to 15, uh, 47 appearances, five goals. 16 to 17, Varese, 26 appearances, two goals. And closed his career in 2017 in for Nurese, eight appearances, no goals. Uh, do you need any of that repeating? And do you want it all repeating and how confident are you feeling? Can just get his um second spell at Torino? Was it nine appearances and one goal? Uh no, so well yeah, so it was Torino Primavera and then his two spells at Torino were 07, 08, 9 and 1, and then 09 and 10, 10 and 0. I'm that's a smile. I think I've got an answer. I'm quite okay. I'm very I'm quite confident. And if it's right, then obviously I'll tell you why I'm confident after when I when I go to the to announce it. But yeah, I'm not going to change my mind uh, on the guess. So yeah, I think potentially I may get my first point of the season. Clip it up, quite confident. All right, well we'll let you know let people uh, listening have a little bit of a think um, anyway, because you know not everyone's good as as you are at the Toropedia, Rob. So well, um, well everyone who, everyone's just, everyone's probably better than I am, but. So. But uh, all right, uh, Salernitana Monday. What is it? Afternoon for us? Yeah, five, five, yeah, five thirty kickoff. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of a quiz. I didn't mean to do this, but I've just got it written down in my research. So only Torino in Serie A have scored one, two, three, four, six times. Uh, I've only played three times in Salerno in Serie A. Uh, we drew one-one, we won one-nil, and we won four-one. Do you know? How many of the so five five different players have scored the six goals? Do you know who the five players are? So in in all the players who've scored at, at, in, in Salerno for Torino in Serie for Torino, uh, so Bellotti scored a penalty in the one nil. 
Bingo! He gets a mention. <laughs> uh, the one-one last season. That was when we absolutely dominated, and in the first half, literally could have been four or five nil. Was it Sanabri who scored? Yep. Um, so then this four-one. What year was this? Because this would have been this would have been pre. Uh... This was uh, okay. I'm going to give you a help. Il Grande Torino went and won four. Ah, okay. So uh, I'm guessing maybe Matzola. Yeah. Uh, Loic. No. Gabetto. Yeah, I think Gabetto may have. I haven't written down who got two. I think ah. Gabetto might have got two. And so is, is there one more? Yeah, but you only got one more shot of this. Uh, I'll go for Romeo Menti. I'll give you one more. <laughs> uh, Franco Arcelor. You got it, mate. Well done. Okay. No points. For that. Just, just name. Just, just ask me to name Grande Torino players. <laughs> That's a, be a fun forty-minute pod. Well, uh, yeah. So three, three trips in Serie A, uh, two wins and a draw, and then only six trips in Serie B. Most of them pretty recent. Two wins, three defeats, and a draw. Um, so yeah, a bit of a mixed bag. But in Serie A, we are unbeaten. Rob, I'll, uh, I'll kind of pass over to you. But Salernitana for me feel like one of the sides in Serie A haven't changed that much from last season they've got an issue uh, here's the African link because their star man Dia has been in a bit I think of dispute with the club because he wasn't sold after a very good season last season he I, I don't know if I believe this but there is reports that he's out for 15 days because he went away and international duty came back it was sent back uh, but it's one of those I wouldn't be stunned if he turns up and scores on Monday night but in theory their best player is out Um Dave, I don't think they've won this season, although they did draw at Roma on the opening day. And yeah, the likes of Ochoa, I mean, any team with Candreva in, he always seems to do well against Torino. But yeah, I just, I guess they're one of the teams that bit them because they've, they've, they've kind of, yeah, they've kept it stable, I guess. But if we, um, just, just quickly, if we think Torino might be the Monday night Torino. Uh, Salernitana might be the 5.30 Salernitana. So the next three games will kick off at half five. Uh, in the On UK. a Monday? Oh, uh, just no, so they've, so they've, they've got Monday, Friday, Wednesday, because so, there's midweek fi- fixtures at the end of September. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure whether that says a lot that maybe Torino and Salernitana aren't the the, the num- number one pick for TV companies in Italy. Um, I I think they're a really strange team because um, Paolo Souza. It has got this reputation and keeps getting these good jobs. Um, but I know that a lot of Fiorentina, uh, a lot of Fiorentina fans really don't rate him, really don't like him uh, as a character. Uh, Ex Juventus, of course. Um, I much preferred Sonatana once once Davide Nicola was was in charge. They obviously share share the same colour as Torino, and and Nicola is just a, a very passionate man and very hard to dislike, especially given his Torino connections. Um, so I think it would be, yeah, without without sounding too uh, much like a, a sort of Nicola fanboy. I think when when we play, I always like to see them do well under under Nicola. I think I've also had them to to be relegated at our start of season predictions. So and this is a game we should, if we've got sort of aspirations of um, maybe better in last last season's finish of tenth, and maybe even sneaking into Europe. This is sort of game that we need to maybe make up those two points that we we dropped effectively by by drawing at home to Cagliari. Uh so is that you're predicting a win? I think you've got every 
outcome right this season. You've got not got a bang on scoreline, but you've yeah, three, got yeah, three, three. three points. Yeah, so my new tactic of being a little bit more um, negative uh, has seemed to work. Um, I think we should, this is again, we should be going on to win, but I've got, a feel, I've got a horrible feeling we aren't going to win it. And uh, just coming back off an international break, I know we play on the Monday, that should help us. There's potentially just some sort of um, tactical uh, concerns that, that maybe Juric has never had before with Zapata and Sanabria, two high-quality strikers. Do you try and force them into the same team? Do you try and play 3-5-2? Um, that then maybe... Uh, that That isn't something I would um, be against. Uh, I think you could still have Illich and Ritchie and even play Vlasic. He's got the work rate enough to to play in centre midfield and also a little bit of creativity to break the lines. So I would that is how I think we may play. Um, but I'm gonna be negative and say that we will draw one one. Oh, how boring, because I was gonna go for one one <laughs> and thinking that you were gonna go for the win. Uh yeah, it's hard. I mean, we did beat Genoa, but it was a slog. We didn't we haven't created very much all season. Has the t- so yeah, sorry to cut in. Obviously, the the fact that uh, Radonjic scores that that goal against Genoa may then sort of mean that the three five two doesn't really work. I can't see how Radonjic would fit into to that formation. So potentially, we, we it will be sort of same same again to, to reward Radonjic for that goal. Yeah, I mean, Juric is a weirdo, though, isn't he? With, with his formation, sometimes, so it's like if. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pick a scoreline without knowing the lineup is going to go with. Is Sanabri a fit? Um, or is he going to be match fit? Are the players coming back from international duty? Are, are the players who've been with Juric for kind of the ten days while some have been away going to going to be kind of find themselves pushed up the queue? Um, I expect the back three will be Rodriguez, Bongiorno and Schurz unless Rodriguez is tired from his exertions with, with, with Switzerland. Um, Voivoda's been away as well, so I'm not sure if that might mean that Lazzaro um, and Bellanova play or, or if, if Soppi is impressed. Uh, I expect Illich to start because uh, I think he's... Um, had that period out of punishment. But then you always have these games. Is a Carol Linetti going to come in and play? Is Dembasek feeling that, is he going to play Sek, um, Zapata and Radonic or something weird and, and try and use the pace on the break? I don't think anybody would be able to guess that we would have played Tomeze and uh, Linetti against Genoa. So yet, like you say, it's very difficult to, to second guess what, um, Europe is, is going to do. Um, just quickly on the Rodriguez point, uh, I did just notice that he played yesterday for Switzerland against Andorra. Um, that would be the sort of thing that uh, would quite infuriate me if I, if I was a um, sort of a, a coach, especially of Torino or, or of any club side. Um, I feel that uh, Rodriguez is he's, he's only thirty one, but he, he does look a very old thirty one in terms of his mobility and and the number of games that he can play. I get the feeling Switzerland probably could have beaten Andorra at home without playing Ricardo Rodriguez. So, um, yeah, that is maybe something to think about, and that some of these players have, have had sort of two international games in a short period of time. Um, yeah, I was going to go for one one, but it just 
doesn't feel in the spirit of competition, does it? It seems I'm going to go Selenitana one Torino three, which was my my second bet. That yeah, we put we kick on with a away performance similar to the tail end of last season. That Paolo Sosa doesn't last too long in jobs. There's a bit of kind of yeah stuff going on. It, it like they, they didn't reinvest in the summer, and the, the the if their main man is not there, then then it kind of may make a big difference. If Torino can just, if we can create chances, uh, the only thing I'd worry about if it's just a sterile performance where we, we're blocked in and um, we're not able to kind of, because they play, a, they also, well, they'll play a 3-5-2. So often when we've yeah, gone 3-5-2 against 3-5-2, it's just been very, um, create, led to a very dull match. So I think um, it, it might be, um if you just look at the games that Torino have got to place after Salernitana, Roma at home, Lazio away, Hellas Verona at home, Juventus in the derby away, Inter at home. Um, so it's the sort of game that if we didn't pick up three points of those sort of next five, maybe the only one you'd be expecting us to, to get all three points for would be would be Hellas at home. Um, so, yeah. Maybe this is should be targeted as a game that we need to really go and win, given the the games that we've got up on the horizon. All right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, I'm right then. Um, all right. Let's close with Torpedia. Yeah, it's talking about talking about people hoping they're right. I'm going to look really, really stupid if my guess isn't isn't right because I'm I'm semi confident. The only thing that puts me off is I don't remember the loan spell to to uh, to Cluj in Romania. Um. But yeah, are you ready for my answer? I'm ready. I think everyone is. Tommaso Violati. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. You were confident. But you really shouldn't have been. It's not Tommaso Violati. I I stuck this one in as a kind of bit of a trick one because I thought you might get it wrong with somebody else. I thought oh. you might go for Sergei Suchu or whatever he was called. No, because I thought he, I knew he, he played more in Romania. And he played, well, he, he, I think he might still be playing, but he's, um, I thought the Romanian thing, although he'd been in Italy a long time, I thought that might trip you up. But Vailati, Vailati, um yeah, would have, been, would have been a similar time. He, he well, was the, there a little the reason, bit earlier, perhaps. The reason but, why but, yeah. is that I saw his goal. So that's why okay. I double checked it. But yeah, he actually scored more. Yeah, he scored more times between those. It's actually a really bad guess. Yeah. Violati was a. Uh, I quite like Violati. I think he could have had a different career. But this player I really didn't like. I think he was one of the most technically limited Torino players I've ever seen. Um, but interesting. I didn't think you'd go for the Violati angle. He. Uh, red hair. I need to go back to my notes now. I'm so confident on Violati. Foolishly so. Vicenza. Maybe like a mid- midfielder or, or defender? That's a central midfielder, yeah. Red hair. I think his goal might have been in Serie A in a win against Cagliari at home. If memory serves me correctly. but No, I really should. No, got to draw a blank completely. I'm not, sure if he's any... I'm not sure if he's ever been mentioned on this pod, but it is Davide Bottone. Ah, uh... In fairness, I don't think I'd have. I, I feel like I've totally um, erased him from my memory. Yeah, um, good, good still my my era, my era. But um, 
yeah, Italian in the 21 international. Yeah. Well, I, I will close by, so last week I was uh, away, in, uh, I finished a week working in Sardinia and there was a guy who was a technician there and he was the bit, it was a bit too short to be this person, but he could have been Simone Zaza's brother. Um, I think like Simone Zaza does still not, doesn't have a club, does he? I feel like he's like involuntary retired. But no one would have, I mean, when he left Torino, he still had a market value of what, probably three or four million. It was only, yeah. Only 32. I'd be interested to see if like Simone Zaza is going to play again or what the the reason is or, I mean, I can can understand, I I can understand. Don't really know much about him. Not somebody. I don't even think he's got like social media or anything. Or like, I might try and find him on Instagram. But whether he maybe he's just got another passion, maybe he's just sort of given up on football. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one because he would have been on a good wage. I think he bought. I think he's had a year left with Torino, and they they settled the deal. So he may have financially, he may have been okay last season, and he would have just maybe he was had expectations he was going to get certain offers. And I understand that, but. I thought I mean, he might then then end up at Parma or Serie B somewhere in January, but still not to have gone a second pre-season without a club is. If what, he's been out, I mean, yeah, if he's been out of um, football for like over a year, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to find anybody sort of desperately coming in for him now. The only the only sort of link that I've uh, seen um, was um, IEK in Sweden. Just um, just remembered that now that that was at the start of the year, um, and he turned it down. So whether that's a financial thing or he didn't want to move leave Italy, but I mean, if, you, if you're out there somewhere eh, and you want to listen to the pod and you want to try and play some uh, five aside, I'm sure me and Peter will be able to maybe, maybe put put together a game of Torino fans versus Torino legends. We'll give um, we'll give Joe Hart a call. He's not too far away from us. Yeah, where's Simone? Answers on a postcard. All right, Rob. 4-0 on the Torpedia. Embarrassing. Uh, Embarrassing. I also, I also hope this week you're wrong on the on the on the predictions. Yeah, well, so yeah, so do I. It's, it'd be nice to make the, the predictions a little bit competitive, actually, at three one up. But, um, yeah, yeah. Torpedia just yeah, I'm 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 really I'm disgracing myself. I think if it gets to a stage where it gets to double figures. And I've still not got onto the score sheet. We might need to just bring somebody else in just to do that little bit of the uh, of the pod because yeah, I'm not I'm not doing well today. I thought I had it, um, but yeah, I don't think I would have got Batone anyway. So at least I had a guess and like a solid guess, but no, it wasn't to be. All right, okay. On to Monday night. We'll be back. Um, yeah, next week post Salernitana pre Roma and uh, yeah, the goal scoring machine that is Balotti. So. Anyway, Rob, for Totoro. For Totoro.